I'm Io. My name's Pauline, and I'm the host of Hello, Podcast Year, an Avatar podcast party. Every Wednesday, I'll talk about an episode of Avatar The Last Airbender and highly overanalyze a children's animation TV show from the mid to late 2000s. So, crack open some cactus juice and let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. This is episode 9 of Hello Podcast Here and Avatar Podcast Party. I am your host, Pauline. I want to start off and say I am so sorry for releasing this late. I know I didn't release this on Wednesday. A lot of shit just happened this week. Um, A hurricane hit the east coast of the United States the last day or so. Um, or on Tuesday, this is now Thursday, and I was without power for, um, almost two days, and on top of that, uh, just, I live in a really old house, I've said this before, but this house is really fucking old, and with that, the electricity is a little wonky at times, and when the power went out, uh, went, came back on, It only came on in my bedroom and my bathroom and half of a hallway. So, I didn't have internet. But what I did is I extended... I had a 50-foot extension cable running through the house because my my router or modem or whatever you want to call it... I know those are two different things. Don't yell at me. But... It's, it's connected to our cable box, and I couldn't unplug it from the cable box for it to work. So I had to run an extension cord across the room and have it plugged in so that I had internet to do work. And I had recorded this podcast probably on Monday, and I was really tired, and it didn't sound great. And then I recorded on... I didn't record on Tuesday because I didn't have power... Wednesday, I stayed at my boyfriend's parents' house doing work, but every time I tried to record, somebody would come in, the dogs would be barking, there were just like 10 people at the house, and the quality was just shit. So, I just said, fuck it, I'm re-recording this again. I'm, I'd rather it be late and be better quality than have it, you know, release it a day late and have have it just not sound like like what I want it to be because I, I listened to it, I edited some of it, and I just sound very off. I sound very distracted. I sound just super shitty, and I don't feel like releasing something that I half-assed. I'd rather, you know, full-ass it, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is what's happening. Uh, on top of that, I, again, I'm going on vacation in quotes on Saturday and we're driving like six hours because there's no fucking way I'm getting on a plane right now but we had to get tested for COVID before we go into all of these states while we're driving and I just got my test results back and I'm negative thank goodness but I have to get the test emailed to me and they didn't do that yet so I'm a little stressed out about that um and on top of that I still need to pack I'm doing laundry right now so, yeah, but podcast is my main priority. I, I'm, yeah, I just, I now have full Wi-Fi and, you know, I'm, I'm calming down, but, you know, 
I still consider myself lucky with everything going on. You know, I, I know some of you may know someone or have been affected by COVID and, you know, aren't as lucky. And with everything that happened in Beirut, I mean, that was just really heartbreaking and just very devastating to, to say the least. So if anybody was affected by that, or if you knew somebody that was, I just, I want to say I'm so sorry and that I hope that, you know, everything's going to be okay and, and you know, I, I haven't really stopped thinking about it, so I just want you all to, to know that. And there are links out there to donate to just a bunch of different uh, charities to help everybody in Beirut. If you are in the area and you're able to donate blood, I do know that they have uh, a shortage right now, so if you're able to donate you know, either money or, or blood, um, think about it. I don't want to say do it, but just, just think about it. But if you're not able to donate or do anything, just spread awareness, you know, uh, retweet all of the links, put it on Instagram if you can, just so that, you know, the word gets out that you are able to, to donate just because I don't think, um, I don't think that petitions work over there like they do here in the United States. So, Donate if you can. If not, spread awareness. Um, yes, that is the beginning of this this episode. So, well, not the beginning of the episode. That is the beginning of what I wanted to say. So, to get into the actual podcast, you know, about Avatar, because um, <laughs> that, that's what this is about, uh, I, I was approached by Olivia on Twitter. So Olivia, if you're listening, hello. She had asked if I could do like a bonus episode on fan fiction recommendations. And Olivia, you like read my mind because this was something that I wanted to do. So if you have a fan fiction that you've either written or that you just you love, please send it to me because I will be gone for seven days and I need to read. I, I, I want to read rather than just be on my phone and, and, you know, be on social media all day. So there may be some, some days next week where I'm out of pocket, but I'll try my best to, to answer. But yeah, I just want to read fan fiction. So if you have one or if you have one that you just, you love, I want to read it. I don't care what the main plot is. I don't care if it's not in the Avatar universe. I don't care who's dating who. I don't care. I want to read anything because I am such a shit writer sometimes. I just, I've, I've written, I've tried to write fan fictions and it just doesn't come out the way that I want it to. So I'd rather just leave it to people that are actually talented with it. So if you have one, feel free to tweet it at me, Instagram. If Instagram lets you send it, I know I tried to send um, a link to a fanfiction and it, like, wouldn't let me because I thought it was spam. Um, or you can email me. So all of that stuff is in my my social medias if you want to um, send it there. Another bonus episode I thought of doing, and I would love feedback on this, is... If I did an episode on, you know, the OTP, like one true pairing or, or people's ships, 
and actually invite people to come on to the podcast and talk about why they like their ship, what does it mean to them, all that stuff, without having them talk negative negatively about another ship and but also giving them the opportunity to talk about it in a safe and non-judgmental environment because that's what I'm trying to be and I want to give you know and be a positive energy within the fandom and just want to give people the opportunity to talk without feeling as though they're going to be attacked just because you know last week was Zutara week I, I saw a lot of um arguments and a lot of toxic, uh, you know, conversations among one another, and it, it just made me sad. So, you, you know, if you wanted to come on but remain anonymous, I could do that too. I'll take the heat for it. I'm already planning on talking about why I like Katara and Aang together and why I like Zuko and Katara together, so, because I know that's really weird, but I do. I love both of them. I love... I'm just gonna save that for the actual bonus episode. So, and last but not least, this is not related to Avatar or the podcast in general, but I know some people have lost their jobs recently, either due to COVID or just, you know, something else. But if you're looking to spruce up your resume, CV, or even your LinkedIn page, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, I've been in the hiring industry for about three years now and my job is literally to look at resumes all day so I know what hiring managers look for I know I'm not saying I'm an expert but I, I, I know from experience this is kind of what you know people look for so if you're looking for someone to take a look at it you know a second second eye feel free to reach out to me and we can set up a time to connect about it you can send me an email, you know, of your resume if you want me to look at that. That's fine too. Whatever it is, I just, I want to be able to help as much as possible because, again, I understand that I'm very fortunate and, and honestly privileged to have a job right now and I didn't get laid off. And I know that's not the case for, for everybody. Like, my boyfriend got laid off, um, actually even, you know, right at the start of, of COVID, which was really unfortunate. And I know he's, he's not alone. So, if I can help him... With his resume, I want to be able to help anybody else in, in any way possible, so. But yeah, that is the end of my introductions. I know that was really long, I'm sorry. I just felt like I had a lot to say and I wanted to explain everything that was going on with, with me, so. Um, but yeah, I feel like I can finally record this podcast in, in peace, so. Um, but yeah, let's actually get into it. So, this is book one, chapter nine, The Waterbending Scroll. This is definitely a very interesting episode because I feel like Katara just gets a lot of hate in it. And I understand why, but um, we'll get into that. So, The Waterbending Scroll. This first premiered April 29th, 2005. And the writer was John O'Brien, director was Anthony Leoli, and the animator was JM Animation. Summary is, Katara starts teaching Aang waterbending, but soon gets frustrated when they discover that Aang is a natural. They meet some pirates that then get them into trouble after Katara steals a waterbending scroll from them. Meanwhile, Zuko and Iroh make a pit stop at the same harbor, teaming up with the pirates to capture Aang, the bald-headed monk with the arrow. Fortunately, 
A fight breaks out between the groups that allow the gang to escape with the scroll in hand. So three fun facts. First one, this is the first time that we see Aang officially waterbend while not in the Avatar state. So we saw him, you know, waterbend, um, him and, and Appa in the ocean for like a hundred years. We saw him waterbend after Zuko captured him on his ship. So, but that was all in the Avatar state. This is Aang, the 12 year old boy learning from his crush. <laughs> Second fun fact, we are introduced to the White Lotus tile for the first time. Now here, Iroh is talking about the tile in Pai Show, but as we'll learn later on, the White Lotus tile has a much bigger significance than, than he was telling Zuko. Or, he was telling Zuko, but Zuko was not understanding, so... Yeah, and then the third fun fact is that we meet the pirates for the first time. So the pirates, as we'll, we'll see, they are not the best people, I guess. I don't know how else to, to word it, but we will see them twice again. So the next time we see them after this episode is the waterbending master, where they use blasting jelly to attempt to kill Zuko, but they are unsuccessful, thank goodness. And they were hired by Zhao. And then the next time after that, so the third and final time, believe it or not, and I had no idea about this, I, I looked it up on Avatar Wiki, is that they play themselves in the Ember Island Players. Um, <laughs> I know that the playwright had used them for reference, you know, to, to see, or just to get some research, and they ended up playing themselves in the play. And I had no idea that that was a thing, so I will definitely go back and look the next time I watch. Um, themes and symbolism, I had some trouble with this, you know, it's definitely a lot of female empowerment, I guess, or, uh, you know, Katara learns water whip at the end, but it was a constant battle between her and, and Aang, even though Aang didn't really realize it, but, um, just a constant battle with Katara, you know, just feeling inferior to Aang because he picks waterbending up so quickly. Parallels to other work. This isn't really a parallel, but Dante Bosco played Rufio. I'm sorry, you can probably hear my boyfriend in the background. He's playing Call of Duty. Um, and I'm gonna go yell at him after this, but <laughs> Dante Bosco played Rufio, who was the leader of the Lost Boys in Hook, uh, alongside Robin Williams, or the late Walt, uh, Robin Williams, I'm sorry. Um, really good movie. I haven't watched it in a while, but I will definitely try and watch it if it's available to, to me. And you should too, because it was one of Dante's first, um, gigs, I guess. And it's, it's, he's great in it. He's awesome. So feel free to watch that. And that is my little summary, my little recap of this episode. And now we will actually dive deep into it. Y'all, this just, this just ain't my week. Oh my god. So I bought chicken nuggets, like, what was it? Like four hours ago. And I got home and I started eating it, but then I got so distracted with stuff that I 
like forgot about them. So then I reheated them, had half a chicken nugget, and then I forgot about them again. And then I just ate them and they were gross. <sighs> I'm so annoyed. And then I was doing laundry and I took all of the laundry out of the, the dryer and I just shrunk one of my like new favorite dresses. I just, I, I truly feel like that dog that's surrounded by the fire and just slowly melts away. I, I actually have that poster in my room signed by the artist themselves and that's just, that's just me this week y'all. I'm, whew. we're getting through it. It's fine. We're fine. We're all fine. By we, I mean me. I'm just going to keep telling myself that. So, <laughs> Whew. okay, let's get into the actual episode. I know I said that already, but here we go. Starts out, they're flying. Aang is freaking the fuck out. Honestly, looks like me right now. Or me the last couple of days. He's he's spiraling. He's, he's pacing on off a saddle. Sokka's flying. Thank God that Sokka's flying because I feel like Aang would just be a nervous wreck. But I love how Sokka says, if we hit a bump, you'll go flying. Because for me, that that makes sense because in Pennsylvania, in, in the United States in Pennsylvania, our roads are shit. Like, they are just terrible. And I know a lot of other places in the world, their roads are shit. But, like, where I live specifically, the potholes are unreal. It's just, it's to the point where my wheels are, yeah, my wheels have been misaligned. I've gotten flat tires. I've scratched the bottom of my car multiple times. Um, the muffler, or, like, whatever the muffler is, like, connected to has come off because of the potholes. They're just, they're bad. So... I love that Sokka says this, but it doesn't make any sense because they're flying. Like, he, sound, he sounds as if he's driving, which I, I think is the joke. Oh, that is the joke, but I feel like Oppa's a good enough flyer where he won't hit any of the rocks that they're flying over, but whatever. I also think it's really cool that Oppa allows people, besides Aang, to steer him. And I think that is, like, a big way he shows trust, I guess. Besides licking people, because he likes to lick people. Momo, I feel like Momo just trusts anybody that will pet him or give him food or treats. And you'll see him, like, cuddle and sleep with uh, someone, like, different every episode, or, like, hide behind them if something happens. And I think that's cute, because at the end, he does that with Zuko, and it's <laughs> just, like, it's the cutest thing in the world when he, like, hides behind his leg. Um... We're not at the, the series finale. I will get there later. Way later, like a year from now. And where are we? Okay, so Katang. Oh, there's some cute Katang right here, y'all. Because Katara grabs his arms or his hands and calms him down. She's like, oh, I'm going to teach you waterbending, which is so cute. And so er, Sokka. And Aang is just super excited. And Sokka's being his sarcastic self and says oh, he'll find them a puddle 
he finds them a waterfall and it's just beautiful. And while they go learn waterbending, Sokka is punished for, you know, freaking Aang out earlier. And now he has to give Sokka a pet or give Appa a pedicure, basically. And Sokka accepts this. He's like, okay, I'll do that. Whatever. But I feel like here is kind of the start of his, not resentment, I want to say, but the thought that maybe he's not as good as them because he's not a bender and he can't do all the fun things that they do because he doesn't bend. But I think we can all agree that Sokka is the best. I love him so much. So that's the A story that introduces the A story. Now we're going to the B story with Zuko and Iroh. But what I like about this episode, and a lot of other episodes do this as well, the A story and the B story collide like midway through. And I just, I love, I love when it does that. So (laughs) Zuko is training with the helmsman that he's going to have a fight with in the storm. But it looks like he's training with him. And he, he looks good so far. His forms look good, but it's unfortunately interrupted because their their ship just takes a really, really sharp turn. And he says... So Zuko has a lot of iconic quotes. But this right here, I, I think I quote more than any of the other ones. Well, I quote this a lot. You know, what is the meaning of this mutiny? And... <laughs> I also quote, step aside, filth. I, I love that so much. And the Avatar, the, the Avatar The Last Airbender, like, official Instagram account and on their Facebook, they released this compilation of Zuko's best, like, nicknames or, or insults to people. And it's so funny. So go check that out. It's, it's great. I'll post it onto my story again, but I just, I, I've watched it probably, like, like, six times, and I just, I laugh. Um, but he, they skipped one of them that I also really like, is when he's the blue spirit in Bossing Say, and he's like, what did he say? Step aside, skinny, I think is what he said when he goes and captures one of the Daily agents. Oh my god, I am, tr- I am not staying on topic. I gotta focus. Okay. I also had coffee at like 3 p.m. today so I'm 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 wired and I'm also having a soda so I'm I'm really fucking awake I should not have caffeine because I'm not gonna fall asleep tonight whatever so yep what is the meaning of this mutiny but turns out Iroh is the one that changed course and because he's you know the general he's Zuko's mentor I think that the helmsmen not only respect him but they also take orders from him, and I don't think that's something that Zuko really likes, but he has to deal with. <laughs> but I think this ep- this part of the episode and the very end with Iroh and the Lotus Tile are just my favorite parts of this, this episode. So here, Iroh talks about his Lotus Tile, and Zuko's like, what the fuck is that? And he explains... That the lotus tile is something that he uses as part of his strategy for Pai Shou. And we see Iroh play Pai Shou a lot. But he... It sounds as if he hustles the other crew members into playing and betting and, and all of that stuff. Because he's so good. 
in another episode, he just takes all their money, which is great. But yeah, like I mentioned as part of my, my fun facts, this is the first mention of the Lotus Tile. And he talks a little bit about its significance, which definitely foreshadows a lot with the Order of the White Lotus and the tile itself. Um, but Zuko naturally is just like, no, your your proverbs, uncle, they, they suck. But he, he could give two shits, basically. But, I mean, Iroh already derailed them, so they might as well just stop at this harbor. One thing about Pai Shou, and someone please correct me if I'm wrong, Pai Shou was not a real game before Avatar, but now, now it's real. Like, I saw it online, like, you can play it online, and I, I didn't understand the rules. I don't know. I don't know how to play, but if anyone has ever played before, please teach me. <laughs> or, or just tell me how to do it, because I was really lost trying to understand the directions and I was noticing like I, I went on different websites and stuff and they all have different instructions so I don't know I'm lost but where am I now okay so now we are starting the waterbending practice and the way that Aang is looking at Katara as she is demonstrating for the first time he just he you can just tell he adores her it's just so cute and he's probably just so excited that he's getting this one-on-one -on -one time with her and i i'm she's excited too but not for long because she starts to show him how to push and pull the water and he does it like right away piece of cake katara meanwhile she practices every day but no one taught her how to waterbend Again, she's the last waterbender in the South Pole. He's the last airbender ever. So, in comparison... Oh, actually, there's no one really to compare to compare her to because she's the only waterbender over there. So, in my eyes and in Aang's eyes, she's pretty good. But, as we'll, she, as we'll see, Aang is just as good, if not a little bit more. Until she gets training, of course, and she kicks ass, and I am so proud of her. But So, Aang then shows off when he streams the water. I don't think he does that on purpose. I think he wants to impress Katara, but it's coming off as, as if he's bragging or showing off. And I just like the music when it's, he streams the water. It sounds kind of like a, like a banjo, almost something. Like, I, I just, I love it. Um... But then Aang makes, like, his big, powerful wave, and Katara's eyebrows remind me of Jet. And Jet is- I feel like Jet is just always angry, like, just permanently angry, like, always in a permanent scowl. And her eyebrows are arched almost identical to his. And it freaked me out, but that's okay. Eyebrows on fleek. Just, I have not said that in a while. That was like a huge thing when I was in college like a couple years ago. But I sound as if I I am old. Oh my god, I went out the other day and I was wearing a t-shirt with my college on it. And this guy was like, oh, did you go there? Or like, do you go there? And I was like, oh no, I graduated. And he 
like congratulated me on graduating and was just saying how how hard it must have been to graduate during this time and how he, how he hoped to graduate graduate there one day and I just didn't have the heart to tell him that I graduated a long time ago long time like three years ago that's not long but he just he looked so happy I was like oh yeah thanks yeah I guess I just I look a lot younger than I, I am to the point where I get carded for R-rated movies and I when I was 17 I was not carded at all but like last year I went to go see I think it was La Llorona that scary horror movie it wasn't really that scary but I got carded there and I like gave him my ID and I'm like I'm 24 but okay and he just kind of like shuffled it back to me. He's like, "Yeah, go ahead. You're you're fine." Like, what the fuck? Whatever. I guess I'm like Ang. Technically, like maybe I'll be like 112 and still look as if I'm a teenager. Oh my god! I keep going off the rails. All right, let's get it together, Pauline. We gotta release this like ASAP. Let's go. So. Aang washes away all of their supplies. He also washes Sokka away, which was so funny to me because before he got washed away, he was standing on Appa cleaning him. And when he wa got washed away, Appa like has his tongue sticking out and he like looks for Sokka. And he's like, oh, he's not there. <laughs> and when Sokka, uh, he's, you know, complaining about Aang being a waterbender now and... The, when he sinks back into the water, I don't know why, I just, I lose it every time. I think it's so funny. And I, I just, I don't know why, I think it's hilarious. Anything that Sokka does, to me, is just so funny. I hope that you guys feel the same way too. But, <laughs> but now they go to the market to see if they can go get some supplies with the little amount of money that they have. This market... It just, it looks like it's filled with some sketchy, sketchy people. You know, there it pans throughout the market. The two guys that are closest to them are just giving them really dirty looks. And Aang is just walking around, tattoos and all. Like, I would have thought that he, he would have covered up. But he probably can't since all of his stuff just got washed away. But... I don't know, I because in The Deserter, you see that there's posters of him everywhere. So I don't know if there are posters of him right now or... I don't know. I have no idea. But I feel like Aang should just be a little more careful with, you know, walking around. But So there was this guy standing on top of a bar or something and he's like who wants to look in this bag and he's like holding it around and at first at first I thought he was water tribe I, I thought he was wearing water tribe robes but I guess he's not I guess it's some sort of earth kingdom clothing I feel like if he was wearing water tribe then Katara and Sokka would be like who what who's that but he's not so now we get into this money debacle, and this confused me, and I looked on Avatar Wiki for this episode, and they were also confused, because 
Sokka says, okay, we have three copper pieces that King Boomy gave us, but King Boomy was episode five? Episode five. But the villager from Sunland Village in the last ep- or last two episodes, no, in the last episode, the Winter Solstice, um, they gave them money because Sokka asked him, you could give us some, pl- some supplies and some money, like, so wouldn't they be using his money? Or did that also get washed away too? Because if it got washed away, that would suck. Because I would hate to lose money like that. And I would be even more angry at Aang. But maybe this was just like a continuity error. Or, or maybe they really meant to say, you know, they, they, it's, it's Boomy's money because they just got washed away or something. But why is Aang holding the money? And also, where- do they have pockets in these robes? Like, is it one of those never-ending pockets that- that they have? Like, Hermione? Like, I just- I don't- I don't understand. But, anyways, he uses one of the copper pieces to buy a bison whistle. So it's one of those whistles that has a high-pitched frequency that humans can't really hear. But Momo- Momo definitely hears it, because he's flipping the fuck out. And this whistle was used to, um- be used by the air nomads to herd the bison and I don't know I thought you know if it's maybe it's not an artifact like maybe it's just a new whistle but I feel like it would be more expensive than one copper piece but I don't know who knows but this whistle definitely comes in handy in this episode in a couple more episodes and sadly in the tales of Ba Sing Se. Specifically the tale of Momo. So sad. But we will get to that tearjerker later on. So now we're walking on the harbor. This pirate is yelling all the different nations. And I was confused because I was like, why is he leaving out the air nomads? But then I realized they are dead. So whoops sorry (laughs) but then they go into the pirate boutique and Katara's looking at that that creepy jewel ruby jewel monkey that Iroh of course ends up buying so freaky looking the other pirate tries to buy Momo and Aang, Aang, Aang's not having it but Katara then comes across a waterbending scroll, hence the name of the episode. And she, when she un, like, undoes it, like, it, it's, it's so pretty. The detail, the calligraphy, the, the color, like, it's just, it's so pretty. Can we talk about this? Like, oh, I mean, the art in general, the art of Avatar in general is very pretty, but like the art in Avatar, wow. I mean, wow. And I think people have redrawn these scrolls because we'll see this one. I think there's another one with firebending. I have the dancing dragon in my room, but I'm pretty sure that you can buy this online. But anyways, they then realize that they got this for free because they stole it from someone in the Water Tribe. And Sokka 
his detective work is is happening here. We'll see a little bit more of it in Avatar Day. We also see it again in Imbalance in the the latest comic of of Dark Horse where well I don't want to spoil it for you guys if you haven't read it. I highly recommend reading all of the comics. I, I think they're great. I just, I love them. I think I might reread a lot of them. But some characters are not in each one. So like in the search with, you know, finding Zuko's mom, Toph is not in it. In the rift, Zuko is not in it. And Zuko is also not in Imbalance. And he's barely in it in North and South. But Zuko also has three comics, The Promise, The Search, and Smoke and Shadow. Like, all all about him. Not really about him, but, like, he is in the main plot, if that makes sense. So, I think it's okay that he's not into Flash 3. But Dark Horse has a number of other comics coming out. There's Katara and the Pirate Silver, where she's a pirate for who knows how long. They just released some some pages of it, and it looks awesome. So it happens in book two, and she accidentally gets separated from the group, and she becomes a pirate. And then the next one, I think I mentioned this before, is Toph Beifong's Metal Bending Academy. So that happens, I think, after The Promise. So it's, it's a year after Sozin's Comet, I believe. But yeah, I highly recommend reading the comics. I just, I love them so much. If you want something after watching Avatar before Korra, you should watch it. Oh my god, Korra comes out on Netflix so soon. I'm so excited. I love Korra. Um, wow. Oh my god. I, I, I just said I gotta focus and it's not happening. Oh my god. Okay, so... Aang is now trying to haggle with the pirates, and, oh, I can't haggle. I, I'm so bad at it. I just accept whatever price people give me, whereas my mom will haggle everything, and even things that should not be haggled, she haggles, and most of the time she gets her way, but Aang is trying to haggle. He's pulling, like, a magic move, but I'm assuming he's airbending with the copper pieces. I think I might draw this, because... I really like how he looks, and I think it's funny. Avatar State of Confusion. So here, as I mentioned before, I will be going over a point in the episode that I am really confused about. And I want to point it out to you guys and see what you think about this particular instance. So we were just talking about how... Aang is haggling with the pirate and and Katara walks over to him and asks to leave, asks to leave the boutique. But, and this is like two seconds, maybe three. I should have written down the timestamp. For some reason, when I watch Netflix on my laptop, it doesn't, it shows me how much time I have left, but not how much time has passed. But anyways... So Katara's pleading with Aang to leave the boutique, but she has her net her Netflix. She has her necklace on. But a a big part of this episode, and an even bigger part of Bato of the Southern Water Tribe, 
Zuko has her necklace. And he waves it in her face later on in this episode. And he uses it with June's Jirshu to find her and to find Aang. And then Aang doesn't get back until the end of the ba the Bato episode. So I don't... Uh, I don't know. It's pro Again, it's probably a mistake. But... What? She has her necklace on. Oh my gosh. Let me know if you guys see it. And let me know what you think about it. Because, again, I get it. It's probably a mistake. But, wow. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. But, what do you guys think? Am I seeing things? Is it just something that's, that's on her neck? Or is it actually her ne necklace? Let me know what you think. Okay, so now they're leaving the boutique. Aang's impression of a pirate is just so spot on. So good. Aang, you're great. Sokka's saying that he was looking at the boot, or he wanted to, to look at the boomerang collection. And I would love to see that. But I like his boomerang. I think his boomerang is great and it has a big significance. Like he got it from his dad uh, before his dad left for the war. So I, I think it's great. But, you know, obviously he loses it later, which is really sad. Um, but now the pirates are coming at them. And there's a lot more than the two we just met. There's a lot of them. Um, and they all have these fancy weapons that they probably stole. Just like the scroll. And now they start chasing them. And they're, they're running all around the harbor. And Katara freezes water onto the ground, which we know she can do because she, she did that in the second episode against uh, Zuko's helmsman. But, so she's able to trip up one of them, but the other two are able to get away. And there's another three that took another route and, and they're going to go meet them. But second sighting of the Cabbage Merchant. Here he is. He's here. He's cuddling one of his cabbages. Sokka and Katara bump into his cart and they don't knock it over. Aang jumps through it, but unfortunately uses the cart against the pirates. And all of the cabbages just are on the ground. Cabbage Merchant is pissed. He says this place is worse than Omashu. I agree, sir. I agree. Well, actually, his, his, well, he ended up getting cabbages in Omashu. But, like, where is he going to get cabbages here? This, this is, like, this man's life's work is cabbages. And Aang just keeps fucking things up for him. And I, I'd be pissed, too. But, as we'll see in The Legend of Korra, he takes a different career move and becomes rich as fuck. So, watch Korra if you don't understand what I'm saying. But, they get cornered, but Aang has them jump on his glider and he flies them out of there. And this is super impressive because to fly the glider, you have to bend the air around you. So now Aang is bending the air, but he's also bending the air around Sokka and Katara so that they're able to fly with him. And that's super impressive. I think, at least. And this is not the first time we'll see him fly them. So we'll, in the next episode, 
No, not in the next episode, actually. In The Fortune Teller, we'll see him fly Sokka after they're leaving the, the volcano. But Katara reveals that she stole the scroll, which is why they're chasing them. Sokka is pissed off because Katara risked their lives, risked getting captured or even killed for this scroll. And I did a poll on Instagram and I forgot to do one on Twitter but a about 70% of people said that Katara was right to steal the scroll like she had every right to because they stole it but then over 70% of the people said that Katara was a hypocrite for yelling at Toph for scamming people in the runaway in book three so I thought that was interesting I I think Katara was right to steal the scroll because they stole it in the first place. And it doesn't belong to them. And you know, they're they're just trying to make a profit off of it. And like what is that person who was allegedly buying it going to do with it? Like I I don't I don't know, but I think it's great that she stole it. I, I also think it's really out of character for her to do, just because, you know, Katara, as we've seen, is, you know, she's, and we'll see it in The Great Divide, like, she's a, a rule follower, and, you know, she doesn't typically stray away from the norm, and this is not something you think she would do. So, I don't know, I, I, I think it's cool that she did it. I think she was right, too. I don't think it's right for her to... Right. I, I didn't think it was right for her to yell at Toph and to go through her things like that. I hate when people go through my things. So I don't, I don't like how she did that. Um, I just think she could have approached it differently with Toph. But we'll get there in a later episode. But I just wanted to say what the, the poll results were. So, But now it's back to <laughs> Iroh and Zuko. Oh gosh, Iroh is honestly like me. Like, how he just buys a shit ton of stuff that he probably doesn't need. But Iroh buys a Sungi horn. <laughs> and they have music night on the ship. And we'll we'll see music night later on. Um, I, I bet you Iroh started that. And I think it's great that he did. He also started National Tea Day in the Fire Nation. Because when Zuko goes away in, in the comics... Um, Iroh fills in as interim Fire Lord, and he's just hilarious. So, if people are sad that Iroh didn't become the Fire Lord, he does for a couple of days, and he's so funny as the Fire Lord. So, that's another reason to read the comics. He's great. Um, but, fun fact about the Sungi Horn, it's not real. So, the Sungi Horn noise, or noise, the music that we, we hear as a Sungi horn is actually a dudic. So if you look at it, a dudic kind of looks like a recorder, but it's a lot cooler, a lot fancier. Um, <laughs> I listened to a podcast on with Jeremy Zuckerman, and he said that, you know, Brian Konitzko was just like, yeah, go go find a dudic and, and use that for, for music. And he was like, yeah, okay. And he went out and he found a place that sold them and he just bought it. And he said, if, if I had, if I were to do that now, I, I would say, no, you're absolutely fucking crazy. But he, so Jeremy 
Zuckerman, um, he, he, um, sorry, I just got distracted because they sent my COVID results. That's good. Um, so, Jeremy was the composer. His counterpart of the track team, Benjamin Wynn, was roommates with Brian Konitsko, which is how, I guess, like, they got the gig on, on the show. So, Brian, er, uh, Benjamin Wynn did, like, the sound effects for, for the show. Um, so yeah, the Sungi horn is cool because, I mean, the noise, the, the music is cool, but usually it'll pan to Iroh playing it, and that's not, not something that we see for any of the other, <clears throat> other, uh, theme music for, for people, so. Um, so yeah, they go into the Pirates Boutique, Iroh buys the stupid monkey, and I love this. I love this moment. And I posted it on Instagram, actually. I feel like when Iroh's going to grab the the ruby monkey, like, Zuko's look, look so pissed and angsty in the background. And, and Iroh looks so happy. And he... I just feel like this defines their relationship in book one and, like, beginnings of book two. I just think it's hilarious. But we see this monkey again, actually, in the galley in the Blue Spirit. And apparently you also see it in The Runaway. So I, when I watch The Runaway again, I have to look for it because I, I think this monkey's creepy looking. Um, so Katara is trying to master the water whip. She's not very successful. She hits herself. She hits Momo. Um, the water whip is apparently the most effective combat move for waterbenders. Personally, I think bloodbending was a little bit more effective, but that's not more, that's not as common, I guess. But I don't think they can teach bloodbending on a scroll. You need Hama for that. Uh, or Yakon, if you watched Korra. But poor Aang. Katara's, like, taking her frustration out on him. And it's not his fault that he's talented. Like, he's, he's a talented kid, as, as Zuko says. And... As an airbender, I am not surprised that he caught waterbending so easily because I think out of the four elements, water and air are, are pretty similar in attitude, in um, values, I guess, and style, I, I guess, because um, I don't know. Because airbending and waterbending... And even earthbending, like, it, it's very... Or actually, not really earthbending. Both of them are, are strong in... Actually, no. I'm wrong. Waterbending is great for defense, but it's also really good with offense. And Aang, a lot of the time, plays a lot of defense. You know, avoid and evade, as, as Boomy says. So, I, I, I'm not surprised that he got waterbending so easily. But he's also so talented. But... Katara yells at him. And, you know, she says sorry afterwards, sure, but what do you guys think about this moment? Like, I personally hated it. I, I don't like the fact that she yelled at Aang just because it's not his fault at all, but let me know what you guys think because I didn't like this part. So, Zuko and the pirates are now sailing on the water trying to find them, and Katara sneaks away with the scroll, runs into Momo, before this, before she does that, I noticed that 
and we see this a lot. I think I, I mentioned this before, but um, Aang doesn't sleep in a sleeping bag. Usually he sleeps in like a cot that one of the, the airbenders or airbenders typically use. Also, sometimes he just sleeps on Appa, but I have to look into that because uh, airbenders apparently don't need sleeping bags, like heavy sleeping bags for a reason. And it has to deal with airbending, obviously, but... So, Katara is practicing. They hear her. One of the pirates captures her, but she hits him in the face. And then this moment. Oh my gosh! This moment. Sorry. I love this moment. Um, so, Zuko... Actually, I don't really love it. I used to love it. So, I, I like when they talk about it in fan fictions. Because they bring this up a lot uh, with Zutara fanfictions. But Zuko grabs her by the wrist and says, I'll save you from the pirates. Which is just like, no you're not. Don't lie to her. But I watched this scene like probably ten times. Only because I'm doing an, uh, an edit on it for Instagram. But he, it, <clears throat> I don't know what you guys think. Like it, it looks like he's gripping really hard on her wrist and it is being really aggressive. So, if he is being aggressive, Zuko, stop that. I don't like that. I hate, I hate, I mean, I just, it's not cool. But if he's not being aggressive, then I think this is a, a an interesting moment, I think, between Zuko and Katara. Because, as we'll see, they face off quite a lot in, in the show. So, but yeah, this is a, a very interesting moment between Zuko and Katara. So let's take a break here because as we'll get back or as we come back from the break we'll get a little bit more of Zuko and Katara. I'll be right back. Okay welcome back. I actually took a break this time because I got I had to print out my test results because where I'm going, I have to physically carry my my results saying that I tested negative. So, yeah. Um, but we are starting this break off hot with the HBIC of the episode. So, the head badass in charge, or in this case, the head bitch in charge. And again, bitch is a term of endearment for me. Um, that's Katara. I mean, right here, she is tied to a tree. She is surrounded by Zuko, Iroh, Helmsman, and the pirates. All who are heavily weaponized or are skilled firebenders. And she's mouthing off to the prince. The crown prince even though he's banished he's still a prince tells him to go jump in the river like katara i love it she's not holding back she is just giving it to him and you know later on in the episode she learns the water whip while under pressure like that was really impressive to me because i mean you could see like yeah she was trying to practice the entire night and she just was nowhere close but when she was about to be attacked she did it no problem like i i think that is pretty telling 
as to how great of a waterbender she's going to be. And, but yeah, I, Katara is that bitch in this episode. She's great. I love her. So, going back to this scene. So, Katara's tied up to a tree. That was a tongue twister. Katara is tied up to a tree. Zuko is interrogating her. She's not complying. And then he, like smiles at her and and walks towards her and is like try to understand i need to regain my honor like when he was smiling at her like what was he trying to get at like was he trying to be sincere was he trying to make her more comfortable was he being sinister i don't know either way i don't really like it um <laughs> because i don't know right now you don't trust Zuko, but you will later but the way that he, like, slowly walks around her and how she turns her head away from him, so dramatic. Like, and then he holds her necklace in front of her and then walks away and just dangles it, like, in front of her face. Like, how mean, how rude. If he only knew what that necklace meant to her, then maybe he wasn't gonna be that much of an ass, but... But, I don't know. So then the, the pirate jumps in. He's like, fuck that necklace. Give me the scroll. And then Zuko lights a fire in his hand. And he's like, I wonder how much this would cost. How is the, the scroll not on fire? Because the fire is clearly touching the bottom of the scroll. Like, how is it not up in flames? I, I, doesn't seem possible to me. I don't know. But then it flips back to the campsite. They're just waking up. Sokka gets captured almost. And then Aang gets captured. But he tries to airbend a net away from him. But the net is full of holes. So I don't really know what he was getting at. I don't know if he realized that that was going to be... It, I don't know if he knew what was going to happen with that, but that wasn't very smart. But whatever. Sokka <laughs> Sokka's the, like, oh, what? I'm not good enough to kidnap? I love that. I think that is hilarious. I think, ah, Sokka, the more I watch, the more Sokka becomes, like, my favorite character. But then we get to book two and we see Azula and then I'm like, oh my god, Azula. I don't know. I, I go back and forth between them. But now everybody's together. Uh, Sokka and Aang are tied up. Katara is still tied up to the tree. And Iroh. <laughs> Iroh is standing next to her. And she's saying, oh, Aang, this is all my fault. And Aang is just being nice. He's like, no, Katara, it isn't. And, <laughs> and Iroh's like, yeah, kind of is. Like, very matter of fact. And she gives him such a dirty look. Or, like, just so confused. Like, who are you? Why are you standing next to me? But I like to imagine that Zuko was like, Uncle, watch the Water Tribe girl. And Ira just kind of stands there. Maybe he tries to, to talk to her, make casual conversation. Because she's tied up to a tree. She's not close enough to the water where she can bend it. And, I don't know, I just think it's funny. Because he's just standing there, right next to her. And just says this this comment that just makes me laugh every time. But 
Sokka, oh, honestly, I don't really know where everybody would be if it weren't for Sokka. And I've seen some things out there, like these articles saying that Sokka just like didn't matter. He he is is stupid. Like all like Sokka is a fucking genius. I think like I he's he's smart and. I don't know where they would be if it weren't for him. And we'll see in the next episode. Like, it'll really test his, his, not his intelligence, I should say, because he's always been really smart. But it'll see, it'll come more to light in the next episode with Jet. But Sokka is so smart here. Like, how he just, you know, makes everybody turn against each other. And... The pirates then use smoke bombs to kind of cover their, um, or to just like, you know, what is, I am at a loss for words right now, but the smoke bombs are used to distract their enemy as they attack them. So Momo, I guess, is able to follow them and, or he finds them and he unties Katara from the tree and she promises him a bushel of apples and I really hope that he got them because he has such a big part in this little fight here because he takes out the reptile bird hawk whatever it is um but Appa is nowhere to be found so we see Zuko put the scroll back in his belt but then as he's turning around to go fight the captain of the pirates the belt is gone or not the belt the the scroll is gone for like two seconds and then you see it again so like i don't know what happened there i just keep catching all of these like little little things here and there but they're all not a big deal but yeah momo is doing his part he's fighting this reptile flying a reptile whatever and Katara, Katara is out here trying to push this big-ass boat back into the water. Like, how is she, how did she think this was going to go? Because clearly that's not, that that ain't it. Like, it's not happening. But, oh, the way that Aang believes in her and the way she looks at him is just so cute. Because, you know, she yelled at him and... You know, she she wasn't believing in herself at, at this time. And to have Aang believe in her and to also not be angry with her says a lot about him and about them. So I just, I love that moment. I really do. Um, and they, they they get it done. The, the boat is able to go back in the water. Iroh is able to stop the fighting. And he tells them that, that it's floating away. And Zuko is like... Now's not the time for your proverbs, uncle. And ugh, I think we can all agree. Ira's proverbs are amazing. It's what we all need to hear. It's what we all want to hear. Even if we don't want to hear it, we want to hear it. So, um, the pirate ship gets stolen by the gang. Zuko laughs and it it's so cute. I don't think we ever see him laugh like that ever again. But then his ship gets gets stolen. And one of the pirates moon him. But obviously we don't see that because they censor it. Um, but 
but then the pirates are now catching up to um, um, their ship. And Katara does the water whip. So proud of her. And Aang sees her do it. And he's like, oh, you, you did it. And meanwhile, Saga is just getting wrestled by the pirates. And Momo then is then battling the, the reptile. He ties it up. And then, oh my god, this part, I, like, I legit screamed. I paused, and I just, I, because I forgot about this part, but one of the pirates just, like, picks Sokka up and just throws him at the sail, and he passes out on the ground. Like, oh my god, he hit that sail so fucking hard, and then just, like, dropped to the floor. And he, he's passed out for a little while, um, or for a little bit at least, but... Oh my god, I was so shocked. I was like, holy shit, what ha what just happened to Sokka? Like, is he dead? Is he okay? Like, but then we see him later. He kicks one of the, the other pirates off after, um, after Aang is doing his flute practice, as, as he calls it. But, but before all that, Aang, like, throws one of the pirates off and then he spins one of the other ones and yeets him off the, the boat, which was really cool. But now the boat is in danger of falling off the waterfall, which it then does. But as they're jumping off the boat into the waterfall, Aang is holding hands with them. So he's in the middle. He's holding Sokka and Katara on either side of him, on both sides of him. And the flute practice worked because Appa came to the rescue, all thanks to the flute and to Momo, probably. So... They got rescued. They're fine. They're on their way back to the Northern Water Tribe. But not really because they, they go somewhere else. But the best part of this episode, this part is the best. Because clearly Iroh and Zuko were sprinting to catch up with all of them. And as Iroh's trying to catch his breath, he realizes... That the lotus tile was in his sleeve the whole fucking time. And the way he holds it out and smiles is so cute. I love, I love that. This is like one of my favorite Iroh photos ever. And I think I'll draw this one too. But I just, I think it's so funny. And Zuko is clearly not amused. He grabs the lotus tile and just throws it into the water. I hope that Iroh gets another one back because, I mean, that's a, an important thing to him. But clearly Zuko just doesn't understand. So Katara apologizes again to Aang and just says, you know, I'm sorry for what I did. That scroll was stupid. But Sokka somehow manages to, to grab hold of it and he, he has it. And that's the end of this episode really great. I like this episode. Definitely not a filler episode because obviously book one is about water and this is the first time we see Aang waterbend. Um, you know, Katara definitely tested us a little bit, um, but I I don't know. I can't hate Katara at all. I, I think she's great. So, and we see her waterbend, which is awesome. And there's a lot of Katang in this, but we also see some one-on-one -on -one time between her and Zuko. So, can't ask for more, guys. 
this was a great episode for me, just because I love both of those. Um, and I mean, uh, Iroh is just hilarious. So funny. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was the end of this episode. I didn't really get any messenger hawks this week other than from, let me just look, maybe, maybe you changed your name on Instagram. I feel like you were something else and now I can't remember what it was, but, oh, what the heck? I can't remember what yours was, but you said, um, you said, I love this episode, especially Iroh at the end with the lotus tile, but... They also said that Katara really messed up by stealing the scroll. So I guess not everybody agrees that she was right to do it. But I agree. She she definitely caused a lot more problems than she had anticipated for sure. But I think at the end of the day, getting the scroll was, was good. Because then we see the scroll in the library episode in book two. And she gives it to um, Wan Shi Tong. And he accepts it. He's like, oh... A waterbending scroll, very nice, and, and accepts it as part of the the donation to knowledge, or whatever he calls it. So, definitely comes in handy, which is great. But, that was the only thing that I got for this week. So, yeah, my questions were, what did you think about Katara stealing the scroll? Um, do you think, what did you think about her yelling at Aang? And what did you think about... Zuko capturing Katara. Like, what was your opinion on that? I want to know everyone's opinions. And again, I want to do these bonus episodes or mini episodes. I probably won't release them on Wednesdays, maybe like over the weekend or something. On my first one, fan fiction recommendations, definitely doing that one. And I want your opinions on talking about people's ships because that I think is an interesting topic. And, and I want to well, I'm definitely going to do it myself, but if you want other people to come on, or if you yourself want to come on, we can do that too. But yeah, that's the end of this episode. Guys, again, I'm so sorry for releasing this so late. I just uh, had a lot of uh, things thrown in my path this week, but we're, we're through it. We're good. Next week, we will be recording on book one. Chapter 10, the 10th episode, and none other than Jet. So, my question for, another question for, for next week, what do you think about Jet? Because he gets a lot of hate. I love Jet, but I want to know everyone's opinions on him. But tune in next week, and thanks again for, for listening. I really appreciate it. You guys have been so great. I love you. Okay, bye! Thanks for listening in and sending me things to talk about. Write an email to hellopodcasthere at gmail.com for any questions, feedback, or things you want to hear about for future episodes. Follow me on Instagram at hellopodcasthere and on Twitter at atlapodcast, that's A-T-L-A podcast, for all the latest updates. My website is coming soon. Disclaimers, I am not associated with Nickelodeon, Avatar The Lost Airbender, The Legend of Korra, or anything related to the contents discussed in this podcast. I'm not being paid to talk about or promote Avatar The Lost Airbender, I'm just a fan of the show. Hello Podcast Year, an Avatar Podcast Party is created using the Anchor app.